Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Theo Podcast The Pandemic Press. I am your host Rashti Hevawasam. And today we are going to talk about the political situation in Sri Lanka. Nobody actually talks about it because um uh, nobody even knows where our country is located. It's actually um located um on the south of India if you know how the world map looks like. Sri Lanka is an island located in the Indian Ocean. so it's like india is crying um it's in the shape of a teardrop and uh i have invited a guest called dimut fernando and he's going to speak about what happened right before the pandemic and what are the opportunities sri lanka has as a middle income country hello Can you hear me? Are you? Hello, the demoting, right? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, I can hear you too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I would like you to introduce yourself um tell what you're doing try to keep it like more honest and uh, then we uh, go uh, and talk about the uh, sri lankan economy uh, especially during uh, this time where we when we are facing a pandemic yeah so i'm a i'm professionally a marketing uh, person i am qualified in uh, chartered institute of marketing uk so i have been practicing in that profession for about 10 years uh, and i have expertise in areas like advertising uh, political strategies um, basically uh, structuring of uh, financial activities so uh, that's about me so uh, where can we start about the economy what are the specific line of questions we have uh, with regard to the economy i want you to speak it in general so people have a, uh, can have an idea because you know when we are talking about the audience we don't know exactly which level of knowledge they are and there are people coming from different areas of the world they're going to listen to dip, um, what's happening in different areas of the planet exactly and we don't know what level of education they had so i want to you to explain it in a very brief manner so everybody can understand yeah so we have been having this uh, uh trade deficit basically like you know you have to send more exports and bring lesser imports so that gap that has been widening for the last 20 years so there's a huge uh, uh, unfavorable trade deficit so this pandemic situation which started in 2019 basically aggravated uh, this problem more than we could even imagine and 
uh, also uh, Sri Lanka is a service economy because uh, predominantly we make revenue through services. We don't have a big manufacturing economy. So whatever the industries that were bringing revenue to the country, if you get the exports like tea, rubber, and other uh, agricultural uh, products started to dwindle because of the pandemic, uh, because uh, the, the entire globalization, uh, the structure, the platform started to suffer. So Sri Lanka being a, like a, an island and with very, very uh, uh, fragile policy framework started to suffer a lot because uh, especially uh, uh, on top of that matter, the Sri Lankan government, especially the president started to switch to uh, organic fertilizer from uh, the normal fertilizer, the carbonic uh, fertilizer. So. Uh, that chemical fertilizer, uh, to correct on that. So that really aggravated the yields that uh, we were generating through uh, most of the agricultural uh, exports, especially tea uh, and rubber and other agricultural industries. So our export market uh, started to you know suffer. So this problem started in 2020. Now it has come to a, a tipping point where we are really, really struggling in our agricultural exports. But however, there was a silver line in uh, this pursuit. Uh, certain industries like uh, nitrile gloves, which comes as the PPE for this pandemic, started to boom, especially uh, blue chips like uh, Haley's and a uh, uh, few multinational corporations who are established in Sri Lanka started to export uh, this PPE. Uh, for uh, pandemic, for the pandemic, so certain countries started to, you know, placing orders uh, in these uh, industries. So I, uh, so that really helped us to make some revenue. But uh, uh, the main revenue uh, uh, that we get uh, the foreign income, especially the uh, migrant workers. So that started to dwindle because a lot of Sri Lankans who were employed overseas started to come back, and a lot of people lost their jobs. So foreign remittances started to come down. So like I said, uh, when you don't have revenue, uh, a country cannot move forward. But the government uh, had to use this new economic theory called MMT, the modern monetary theory. So you start printing money to cover that balance. So the income is coming down, so no revenue. So just to cover that, you start printing money. So so this would yeah so at some point this would lead to a hyperinflation where you get like you know you know there are certain uh, indicatives like uh, indices like uh, big mac index uh, i mean like how much is a mcdonald burger uh, in a country so through that you can gauge the economy and you know uh, minimum wage and all these things in developed countries so so the food inflation in Sri Lanka had gone up by, I think, 15 to 18%. And plus this uh, fertilizer problem, local cultivation also coming down. But luckily, the fisheries industry is somewhat you know, moving forward. And we have consistent lockdowns. So the economy is crippled. I mean, I mean, it's very difficult to 
understand that where we could start patching it up because we have been using a lot of cosmetic uh, uh, solutions, you know. So, I mean, so you know, um, the economic curve, like, you know, just it, it could be a V, it could be a W. So, in this pandemic, a lot of economists, you know, saying it could be a W, you know, like you just go down and then just suddenly there'll be a like unprecedented demand and then again it come down. So, I mean, even for a for any economy to come up in this kind of grave situation, I think it will be like five to seven years. But even for us to bring foreign investors, uh, new businesses to the country, uh, our snapshot of the economy looks very unfavorable to outside investors because uh, where we have a foreign exchange problem, so and uh, uh, inflation and uh, government policies are not so robust. So the foreign investor may not favorably look at the country to invest because uh, sometimes you cannot take your uh, uh, yields, basically your profit out of the country because uh, there's no guarantee the, the devaluation of the rupee. And uh, this could, you know, it is a ripple effect. So you don't know where you're going to get hit because now the government is controlling imports. So when the imports are controlled, certain raw materials will not be uh, readily available. So that will impact your export industry. Uh, so, I mean, it, it is um, it is very even dreadful to even imagine. Uh, but, but we could uh, try to in, uh, encourage the local uh, manufacturing industry to you know uh, to try to just get be competitive and get more orders and try to uh, uh, I mean bring more foreign revenue but even for that we need to have state-of-the-art technology and be competitive price wise as well as quality wise uh, so if you look at uh, the other aspects of this economy Sri Lanka being an island and uh, in uh, on a strategic location of the Indian Ocean, and plus this geopolitical uh, positioning, uh, we've been really working closely with the Chinese government. But with the pandemic, I think the China has kind of uh, faced uh, uh, lesser demand for their Chinese uh, Chinese products. So that uh, that also could impact on us because we have been uh, importing a lot of Chinese uh, goods. And coming back to the banking system, which I could talk to you earlier, also crippled because uh, there is no fixed exchange uh, control, even though if you go online and just type uh, uh, the currency uh, exchange of the central bank, uh, you will not be able to buy dollars for that rate because uh, uh, people... Uh, I mean, uh, black market, the dollar is something like 227, but uh, the stipulated rate uh, is 205 or something. So, I mean, there's a huge discrepancy. So, and also the, the importers cannot uh, uh, open LCs to import goods because banks are, are not letting them to do that. Now there's a new policy where you have to have uh, cash back LCs. So you have to have 100% cash in the bank to open up LCs. So this in another aspect helps certain uh, big companies. So people, the companies who can put money and bring down uh, 
goods so that they will get unfair uh, advantage over SMEs, so the small and medium enterprises. And also, if you look at the, the Sri Lankan job market, 60% uh, of the jobs are being generated through, through SMEs. So the SMEs are actually having a very tough time because you are kind of stuck in the middle uh, with this government policy. So we have been having these uh, economic uh, restrictions for the last, I think, 20 months. So, and they are planning to stretch it for another one year. So the government has completely stopped the importation of vehicles. So, which is, I think, quite a positive thing because uh, there are quite a bit of uh, vehicles uh, in the market. But, but the price of a vehicle is, I think, three times of a, uh, the price of a European vehicle. So, but still the market, uh, there is a market, but uh, we are not importing new vehicles. So uh, the government is trying to, you know, cut corners so try to save about a billion dollars from vehicle importation so and also restricting non-essentials so in, i don't know uh, with the lifestyles in europe perfumes and certain things may not be considered as luxury goods but in sri lanka they have you know tried to name certain goods as essentials and certain good, uh, goods as non-essentials so the restrictions are going on so it's a it's a it's a I mean, uh, complete uh, battle over policies and, uh, and also uh, certain factions of the government basically are more pro-westernized and certain factors are more communist based, you know. So uh, now the government has come up uh, because in order to find uh, revenue, I mean, the, the going back to what we discussed earlier, uh, how to find revenue on anywhere, any business, or even if you look at a country like a business, you need more revenue to run the business. So government is now trying to list certain uh, strategic assets in the country and bring them into the share market and find investors for that. So this is similar to uh, uh, Sri Lanka, the Singaporean entity called Tamasek. If you have come across that thing, Tamasek is the nationalized uh, company for state resources. So that in that way, uh, you list certain strategic uh, uh, entities and that can attract foreign investors. So the, all these assets will be listed on the share market. And in that way, they're trying to bring about a couple of billion dollars. And plus the energy minister has tried to uh, uh, broker uh, like an agreement to purchase oil uh, on credit, uh, because that's also something that we had considered with this uh, currency fluctuations, uh, importation of oil will be quite a concern. So these are the elements uh, all knitted together in this fabric. So the uh, can you please uh, tell the audience the de uh, depreciation rate at uh, which the uh, US dollar is and the Sri Lankan rupees or the uh, euros um, and uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, we pay about 225 to one uh, US dollar. So uh, what if you take it as a, a percentage, uh, let me work on this. Okay. 
Yeah, so uh, while you do the percentage, uh, we can also check for the euro as well. Uh, we don't need the percentage, just tell the rate. I think it's better. Um, okay. So just to share a bit of, uh, uh, we pay, I think, 200 and... Uh, For uh, sixty five for the uh, euro. Yeah. And um, this actually proves that um, not every area in the planet is like treated equally. Like I would say, because of the imbalances. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's it depends on the policies of the government when you do the economic uh, policies. So, with the pandemic, it's very difficult to stick to a currency uh, uh, balance you know sometimes but because this uh, these currency uh, changes have been kind of uh, strictly monitored by the central bank so if you if you lose that control this could even go further than this so that will that will create a huge inflation uh, in the economy so at the moment everything is controlled so i mean when you control imports that itself is a controlling element of the currency. And uh, uh, how would you place Sri Lanka on a scale um, that uh, talked about its development as a country? Is it a low-income country, a middle-income country, or not exactly a high-income country? Yeah. But how would you place it? We, we moved from low-income country uh, to uh, a middle-income country, I think, uh, a few years ago. So. Yeah. That itself really worked on our, uh, I mean, it was a bit of a disadvantage just because we lost certain IMF facilities and certain um, healthier negotiating uh, negotiating uh, platforms we had with the World Bank and uh, other uh, institutes because now we, we are being taken as a middle-income country. So um, that's, uh, that's where we are at the moment. Because if you look at uh, Bangladesh, uh, they are also now, I think, trying to move away from uh, low-income country. But uh, with the country size and uh, the, their robust uh, export market and the industrialization, they are doing much better than Sri Lanka. Uh, but uh, with the bad policies, I think we got kind of pulled down in the ladder. So that is something, some sort of a concern we have. But hopefully, uh, I mean, if we have some positive uh, policies, uh, we should be able to get a like investment drive. If you look at a country like uh, uh, Vietnam, they get about 45 to, I think, in the range of $50 billion as foreign investments. But in Sri Lanka, I think we get about eight, uh, I mean, uh, 1.2 billion Two, three billion that's the range of investment that we get so um i would also like to ask you um what um do the do the leaders actually had take a, a role of responsibility in this uh, kind of situation well uh they do try i mean it's uh, i mean it's a representative uh, 
democracy. So we have elected members through the people. So people elect them and you know, we let them to make policies for us. So, but what happens is uh, the people also should take some responsibility because, yes. uh, because uh, vaccination drive is quite uh, promising. I think we have vaccinated 55% of the population, more the vaccines. So uh, we need a little bit of discipline uh, to just let this pandemic to you know curtail it and the disaster and then uh, a huge uh, industrialization basically to have uh, particular zones uh, and we have two airports so we could just you know uh, make some positive policies for the investors to come and start factories and and give some tax holidays for foreigners and uh, and also some uh, uh, policies to move dollars out of the country uh, because that will create some sort of confidence for investors. Otherwise, if you constrain it, uh, there will not be any uh, new investments because investors uh, look at uh, certain aspects before coming into a country. So if you have rigid policies, uh, that will actually uh, not do well. And also we cannot take sides in this uh, globalization because you can't be pro-China and anti-America or pro-India and you know I mean we have to have a balance so yes. when we when we uh, do business so so I think it's a positive thing that uh, we are going to give some of our state uh, assets to America which is quite a positive area especially the energy sector because the energy sector has been always uh, struggling because of the geopolitical moves to uh, I mean uh, we, we, we were not, uh, uh, we didn't have the uh, the right frame of mind, most of the leaders, because of this political pressure to develop our energy resources, especially if you get the oil tanks in Trincomalee, that's been there for 50 years. And especially we have a, we are actually positioned closer to a very strategic route, the Indian Ocean, a lot of thousands of ships passing Sri Lanka. So if we had worked on an oil bunkering industry uh, more, uh, strudely, uh, we could have just made quite a bit of revenue. And also, uh, if you looked at the international uh, offshore banking system, where we could have made a lot of money. So I think it's high time that we had to break that shackle and you know just uh, look at it from a very positive uh, framework. Yes. And can you also describe how was the economy 10 years prior to the situation, like this pandemic? Well, uh, ten years back, back yeah. yeah. So, so uh, we had we had a civil war, and uh, so as soon as the war was over, we went on a major uh, infrastructure uh, drive. You know, we built highways, we built ports, but in that process, we used to borrow quite a bit of loans. So now we just, you know. Uh, we had to pay back so that loan servicing costs and uh, the, the currency is basically going out of the economy uh, also kind of you know resulted in this present scenario but uh, the development was good i mean we had to develop certain highways we had to have an alternative airport and that airport is coming handy at this moment uh, with certain movements especially in uh, bubble you know like we can't completely depend on one airport and also having an extra port because you can have you know 
oil bunkering and uh, certain transshipments, you know, uh, because uh, India doesn't have uh, like a VC uh, port like Colombo port. So we were planning to basically outsource uh, uh, West Terminal or East Terminal, I don't remember. I think it was the East Terminal to India. So, I mean, we have to think out of the box and start maximizing the gains of our uh, uh, resources. I mean, so, and also the port city coming into the picture, which is quite a positive aspect, even though it will take another 30 years to get the, the fullest uh, return of it. Uh, it'll, it could attract a lot of foreign investors because when you have the infrastructure, I think it's easy to uh, go about, you know, like, I mean, people will look at it from a very positive aspect. Yes, and uh, Sri Lanka is an like island, and but it's like one of the best tourist destinations in 2019. Can you talk about that as well? Uh, yeah, because we were the number one destination uh, on Lonely Planet, and uh, people were quite uh, expecting to go on a major drive uh, because uh, we were kind of uh, opening up the country as a like bundle of goods. You know, I mean catering to different different markets like you know certain luxury tourists then you get the backpackers then you get short stay business uh, visitors but uh, lonely planet uh, that ranking really gave quite a bit of promise to local industry because we i think uh, we have about 4000 uh, direct employees in this industry but i think 4 million families depend on it uh, uh, so directly and indirectly. So uh, based on that, the industry people started investing on certain uh, aspects of the hotels. Some people started to bring a new wing, uh, additional uh, swimming pools. I mean, I mean, everything was renovated, expecting 2020, 2019 would be uh, like a real blast, you know, like, uh, I mean, we made about $5 billion uh, dollars, uh, in 2018. Uh, by just catering to 2.3 million tourists. So still we could have grown. I mean, it was just the tip of the iceberg. So, but unfortunately the Easter bombing really created havoc. I mean, from 2020 Easter bombing to this pandemic, uh, we have lost uh, two winters. So both winter seasons would have been fabulous if things uh, were normal. So now we are getting into the third winter. Still nothing is uh, confirmed. So not sure that where it would lead us. But tourism is a must industry, which I couldn't talk about uh, earlier, just to cover this gap between this fiscal deficit. So if tourists could come from at least from 2022, that will you know, relieve the government from uh, you know, creating some is that, yeah. is that our best income source, tourism? One of the major income. Uh, so what are the other major income sources? Uh, garments. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a robust technical uh, export. I mean, like the technology, outsourcing of the technology, call centers like that. But it also kind of developing. So there are a lot of tech companies in Sri Lanka now. But it's a long way to go. But it's quite promising. Um, offshore consultancy firms, if you, and offshore financial consultancy firm like Amber Research and also 
So we get uh, big companies in South America, Europe, and the financial services are being done in Sri Lanka, which is very cost effective for those countries. And it's uh, uh, quite a big uh, job creation. Yes, uh, and um, I wanted to ask you, uh, there are also, uh, we have a bestowed gift in Sri Lanka, which is uh, what I call the gem market as well. Yeah. Well, uh, gem market has been thriving. I mean, but we have not got the exact potential of the gem market because our gems are kind of uh, uh, auctioned through various channels. I would say it's like, going around the bush but if we had really gone to the right uh, buyers directly we would have earned those markup because uh, the from mine to the real buyer uh, because yeah. uh, there are certain interfaces who used to get the best out of our industry because we have not been able to get the real value of our gems but we let certain uh, organizations like Gublins or some other industries to basically uh, come in between and take a profit out of our industry. So because we we have, I think we are one of the best countries in the world for lucifers and certain uh, gemstones. So if we had strategically planned and if we have really uh, given our gem miners the right platform internationally, we could have attracted uh, quite a bit of uh, revenue through directly. I mean, yes, yes, because I feel like Sri Lanka has one of the biggest problems that we don't have intangible benefits. Like we don't have like uh, a strong, like strong brand. I think that the world recognizes internationally, and uh, some people don't even have this like education background about Sri Lanka. Some people don't even know where Sri Lanka is in the map. And um, they only found out in 2019. Yeah, I know, but uh, the tourist board, uh, they have a marketing department. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, a country is being marketed uh, through various industries. But if you get Dilma tea, that's been in the scene for a long time. 90 airlines in the world uh, use Dilma on board. Uh, but uh, sports, uh, basically, except for cricket, uh, is not kind of you know breaking any barriers so um, but uh, if you get certain sceneries and you know the panoramic beauty of the country we do uh, get uh, quite a limited number of high-end tourists who are not coming through proper channels you know maybe through private jets cruises so we have to improve it uh, we had Richard Quest coming to Sri Lanka I think uh, one year back two years back and we created a little bit of a platform through CNN, advertising on CNN. And we have a Sri Lankan chef called Peter Kuruita, who is doing his uh, cookery programs on a channel. I think it's what's uh, uh, that channel uh, that you get on cable about travel, travel channel, I think, yes. Travel and... Uh, travel and... Yeah. yeah, something like that. So, So we need to be creative and, you know, take all the um, like niceties of the country to the world. So we need to have like a cohesive strategy. So Sri Lanka Tourist Board should look at various aspects. You know, if you get uh, the Portuguese culture, a lot of Portuguese, I mean, like we were invaded by Portuguese. So people in Portugal don't know this relationship. I mean, how we have names and how we have 
certain architecture or we have certain dishes so if we could market specifically in portugal and portugal people love to travel but they don't come to sri lanka they go to yeah, because Goa. i don't think uh, no, uh, everybody knows about the history they don't know yeah. about, uh, the portuguese invading then the dutch then the british yeah. coming and then so maybe the entire island yeah so it's about i think if you could publish i mean publications uh, small videos now i think instagram has developed to a level instantly you could market things you know like if if a, if a video could go viral i think people all over the world uh, could just you know inquire about it so and even certain uh, dishes you know like authentic sri lankan dish and we have a i think a music video of sri lankan artists going viral at the moment i think like 100 million people have watched it i mean it's a very off the cuff thing but i mean things could you know happen dramatically you know uh, because the social media is very powerful at the moment so uh, so future i don't think it's bleak it's how you look at it you know the glass could be uh, half empty or half full so i mean it's it's the way you look at things you know Yes and I wanted to also ask if um, how is the revenue being generated um, from online activities Well uh, I don't know like how much money they make it any but there is a huge uh, enthusiasm from Sri Lankan youth a lot of people are you know finding careers in influence uh, I mean as an influencer online there are people who uh, come on as like uh, how to lose fat and how to you know i mean beauticians uh, they are educating uh, yeah, they are yeah. educating people. and also uh, since we have not been able to properly educate the kids for the last uh, 18 months a lot of online teachers have come so a lot of applications uh, uh, platforms to teach kids online so online market i think every commercialized uh, company SMEs are like you know positively looking to social media. Yes, so when I was a kid, uh, this side of the like industry wasn't even there. Like I remember, yeah. like uh, I wasn't using the internet that much. Especially, you can't get anything useful out of it, and now it's turning into a very resourceful source. now i think uh, even in a small country like sri lanka you could just use internet and bundle your goods and send it through amazon and get a market share in usa so that's the power of internet i mean you could you know put a video and it might go viral and then you could be uh, like instagram superstar like i mean there are boys in africa who have become major attraction now so yeah by posting like simple things um, yeah it, yeah it, it, yes. i mean i mean it's a, it's a, it could be a simple melody i mean what is like the melody that i spoke to you earlier yes and it could be just a, like catchy phrase you know it could be just a, i mean sri lankan product made out of some like vinyl or sandalwood or something yes. like you know and i mean anything can happen with this social media thing you can be famous or you can get the public wrath you know like people start trolling you on internet so i mean even for a politician it could happen i mean you can be you no know, one eye sensation and could be the president of a country and then the probably after one year the entire nation might you know uh, spit on you 
because of this internet. I mean, people could, I mean, the youth could go to the extent of making memes and putting it on the internet. And, you know, I mean, anything can happen. You know? yeah. I mean, Donald Trump is a good example. Yes. He tweets uh, in the middle of the night and and he became quite a, even, I mean, the, um, uh, I think Facebook and Twitter went to, the, to an extent of banning his account. So, I mean, I mean that's the impact of uh, social media. Yeah, it's like, but don't you think it's weird that um, other people are deciding for that person, you know? Yeah, opinions can can be swayed, you know, like it's, yeah. uh, I mean, there are companies specifically uh, working on these algorithms. And, you know, like, uh, I mean, I can just, if, uh, if, we, if we have the resources, we could check your likes and dislikes uh, online for the last three years and decide your personality through that. So on based on that, we could make uh, an inference that which party that you would uh, uh, support uh, politically in the coming election. So that's how, I mean, if you get companies like Cambridge Analytica and certain companies, I mean, there are privacy, uh, uh, I mean, uh, agreements now for users, consumers to sign uh, when they use things because, I mean, social, I mean, Google and Facebook is having like metadata, I mean, like billions of uh, information, I mean, about people. So it's a matter of uh, just categorizing them and, you know, identifying the uh, your likes and dislikes. So yeah. it, it, we are living in a digital era. So your moves, I mean, your personality traits can be anticipated prior. So they use it for uh, elections and even for marketing purpose. I mean, I mean, you, you can't stop yeah, it now. Yeah. So do you think that that's a violation of privacy? It is. I mean, I mean, even Mark Zuckerberg was questioned at the Congress. So and certain areas he denied and certain areas he accepted that they have used people's uh, I mean, online behavioral pattern to strategize their campaigns and or even selling it to multinational companies. So, I mean, at one point we have to understand because the moment you go on social media and start, you know, making your opinions and liking and I think people get a judgment. I mean, you don't, uh, sometimes it's a readily available primary data. I mean, it's, you just talk about yourself on social media. Uh, I mean, celebrities, even an average individual. So you give your give out your opinion, but there are certain areas where you click certain likes and dislikes. That also gives you, a, I mean, valuable research data. Uh, yes, and uh, do you think um, do you think that Sri Lanka will uh, advance itself if it keeps on moving into the technological era like the internet? Yeah, that is something we could just think positively. I mean, it's uh, if you look at the startup market in Sri Lanka, a lot of youngsters getting together and trying to form companies and create, you know, especially if you get in America, especially areas like Palo Alto and coding and, you know, everyone tries to, you know, um, sell a company and you know, make money. So it has become like a buzz. Uh, but technological market is something where we could improve because uh, if you get India, I mean, 
they, they generate a lot of software engineers and, and it's very competitive and IT is being taught uh, from high school and they have degree qualifications from uh, hardware to software and uh, it is something it's we could easily uh, adapt. Uh, so that is something we, we could positively look at uh, in the next five to 10 years if you really make positive policies. We could uh, in, uh, export our technological resources and uh, make money, make revenue actually. Yeah, do you think uh, Sri Lanka will like function like better if everybody started like working together instead of being so competitive? Yeah, because uh, with partisan politics, rivalry, and especially the gender and uh, religious ethnic conflicts and all these things. So these are part and parcel of modern day, but we are kind of divided at the moment politically. And we had a huge uh, racial disharmony. We had some disastrous events uh, with even that resulted after the math of the Easter bombing. So. Yes, uh, we have to think like a nation and you know, get united and see uh, I mean, how we're going to face this. Because uh, everyone has to play play to the, I mean, uh, accept that where we are. Otherwise, uh, we all have to struggle together, you know. Yes, but uh, I think uh, that even we can come out of this, like, if we try new methods and we start like actually working together, we can actually come out of the pandemic sooner. Yes, I mean, uh, the health sector, the even triforces, the army, uh, I mean, they worked uh, very closely. Uh, they were the frontliners. So we saw that uh, unity and also uh, the other government servants. So, and now even in the lockdown, a lot of government servants are working. So there is some sort of a sacrifice uh, and uh, certain people uh, staying at home just to support it because if you unnecessarily go out also, you are just uh, harming them because this is a transmissible disease. So your duty is either to go and participate and help the economy. If not, you should not you know, unnecessarily go out. So you, there are ways and means you, know, you could help out in this uh, pandemic. But you have to understand yeah. where you are good. Yes, and there is not necessarily one solution. There is many. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you you have to think out of the box, and you have to you know uh, get the best out of our existing resources. Yeah. And, uh, everyone, out yeah. Everyone has a different reason. Have have their own reasons to make their own choices. Yeah. Because if you don't have a reason, um, then you won't uh, actually speak about it and you would take yeah. uh, other choices. And I respect people who would like take the, their responsibility as well to not pass on this trans uh, viable disease to another person as well. Because yeah. it, it, it is a, it's like a flu. It's going to go from one person to the other. Yeah, uh, so wearing a mask and, you know, keeping that social distance and, you know, abstaining of going in public, I mean, all these things are the responsibilities of a average citizen. Uh, but if you are needed in the front line, if you are like a frontline health worker or a, attached to the army or something, so you, you have to go. So that risk is also appreciated and 
you have to let them work you know uh, but if you don't have anything uh, uh, urgent or anything absolutely vital you could you know stay at home and help the uh, other authorities to carry on the work yeah so sri lanka uh, hasn't put up vaccine mandates either right uh, it's mandatory but uh, we cannot push people so they invite people to get vaccinated but uh, there's no mechanism where you are like enforced to get vaccinated but uh, government is requesting people to come forward and get vaccinated so we have i think vaccinated uh, the 60 plus and i think 35 plus now i think they're coming down and try to vaccinate less than 30 yeah and uh, also uh, uh, what are the other alternative methods that sri lanka has come up with uh, in order to um, help this stop the spread of the disease exactly any other methods yeah there were like uh, very, uh, alternative medicines and all some people try to make uh, this ayurvedic concoctions you know uh, but it didn't work out because it's the vaccine was the ultimate solution to at least uh, curb the virus so but now people there are certain uh, ayurvedic uh, drinks you know i mean it's all about your immune system so uh, people tried out various things but eventually you have to settle with the vaccine you know yeah the um the i was a bit skeptical personally about the vaccine because i was taught differently so that was my reason for not getting the vaccine mm-hmm. so that was my personal reason so i had a reason to not take it because i was taught differently and looking at the history i mean this is the this is the only year that things came out within 6 months yeah so from my perspective and my education i questioned it and yeah yeah so you have vaccinations and then you have vaccine boosters and now they're saying that uh, not everyone should be getting uh, vaccine boosters either because yeah. it's sure because there are side effects and there are a lot of side effects that have occurred with the vaccination if you see the numbers you can see that previous vaccines haven't produced that much of side effects because they were actually like they took like a certain period of time uh, to be made and because of that because of that uh, the thing is that they had a very few side effects and we had more stricter rules back then it's like uh, for diseases like for the swine flu as soon as uh, the va- the vaccine was released and there were about more than 50 deaths it was taken out of the market and now the thing is the, because the situation is kind of different they still have put the vaccines out there so the rules and regulations that you learn in medical school is not being actually applied in the real world right now yeah because of the pandemic uh, most of the governments had to expedite that vaccine process so so as per the medical theory it may not be the exact process where you need to i mean uh, execute but uh, because of the situation i think most of the companies had to expedite it and there was a race among pharmaceutical companies to come out with the uh, vaccine so 
So that's it. I mean, we had uh, no option but to get vaccinated because uh, that was the order of the day. No? Yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it depends on how well you can manage life uh, without this and um, how well you can like go long, go for long. Uh, I had so many, um, I had hosts uh, that I was invited to other podcasts as well. And they told me that, some of them told me that um, they are taking the vaccine somewhere in 2023 or 2024, when there are more viable results. And uh, the uh, actually the vaccine effectiveness has been proven to them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's your choice, uh, but uh, thank you so much for basically inviting me for your podcast. So I shall be at your service if you need any more further chats in the future. Yeah, yes. And, uh, I would be grateful. Okay. okay, then. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Teo Podcast, The Pandemic Press. Um, hope you guys actually subscribe to the YouTube channel where you see the virtual conversation we had. And uh, also follow us on Instagram as Teo Education System. Um, I also have a book that is available on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Nobles, it's called Unveiling the Truth Behind Catherine's Destiny. We also have a website called www.teoac.net. Um, so make sure you check those out, and I will see you next time. Um, I'm your host, Roshni Hevawasam, and I am signing out.